If you've attended uh, Jubilee over the last few months, you know that we've been looking at what it means for us to be family. Uh, In Ephesians 2, we're told that when we uh, choose to follow Jesus, um, this is what happens. It says in Ephesians 2.19, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Because of Jesus, we are part of God's family, and that completely transforms our relationships with each other. And so on days like today, we celebrate not a new life, not because it is great for the families, just the families involved, but because it affects us all. We are family, and we might know people on different levels. We're a church of, of over 200. We can't know everybody intimately, and yet we are joined together as family by God, and we are joined as family for a purpose. So being family should shape everything that we do. And I believe that when we get it right, it is a powerful example to those around us of what being part of God's kingdom looks like. We live in a world of loneliness. This was the case before lockdown, but the, the COVID-19 pandemic has only made this worse. Uh, adults in England feeling lonely jumped last year from 2.6 million to 3.7. In the first three months of the pandemic, 25% of adults uh, in Europe said that they felt lonely at least half of the time. And interestingly, a study found that the the poor was twice as likely to experience loneliness than the rich during the pandemic. In this uh, technological world that we live in, the the internet, the smartphone, um, social media, in one way has made us more connected to the world than ever, yet we seem to be more disconnected to each other. Yet in uh, in this world of loneliness, the church offers family. The church offers a place to belong, a place to be known. And family cannot just be something that we talk about. It must be something we are. You see, that was the way church was always meant to be. In the book of Acts, we read uh, in Acts 2, 42 onwards, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved." Gathering together, doing life together, and encountering Jesus together was always supposed to be the central point of the church. The main reason the church, the early church, knew how to function like this was because Jesus modeled it for them. We find that throughout Jesus' ministry, we find him spending time with others, and we find him around a table more than we find him in the temple. The Gospel of Luke is full of stories of Jesus sat with those he loves, doing life and eating with them. Luke 5, we find Jesus with the tax collectors and sinners at the home of Levi. Luke 7, we find Jesus is anointed at the home of Simon during a meal. Luke 9, we find Jesus feeding the 5,000. Luke 10, Jesus eats at the home of Mary and Martha. Luke 11, Jesus condemns the Pharisees at a meal. Luke 14, Jesus is at a meal 
when he urges people to invite the poor to their meals. Luke 19, Jesus invites himself to dinner with Zacchaeus. Luke 22 is the Last Supper. Luke 19, we find Jesus having food with the disciples in Emmaus, and then later we find him sharing fish with his disciples in Jerusalem. It's said of Jesus in Luke's gospel that he is either going to a meal, at a meal, or coming from a meal. Jesus was showing people what it is like to live in the kingdom, what it is to be a follower of Jesus. And we don't find him doing that by gathering large meetings, although sometimes he does attract crowds. We don't find him spending all his time in the temple, although he does value the temple and spend some of his time there. But he showed them what living life in the kingdom looked like by doing life with them, inviting them into his world and then teaching and transforming them from a place of deep, clo- uh, deep friendship and closeness. And sometimes I wonder whether we can get so busy with church, attending Sundays, serving in ministries, that we forget that church was always meant to be about family. That's why we've just done the last series looking at what it is for us to be family. Because over the last few months in the pandemic, we've had a chance to reflect and work out, okay, how can we make family central to all we do? Will the, the children that we gave thanks for today, will they grow up to know church as a weekly meeting they go to, or will they know it as a family that they are part of? And so in this next season, we're going to deliberately do less church-focused meetings, We are not going to add lots of meetings to your diary because we want to focus on how we can be family. We're going to be stopping our current uh, growth groups and we're going to be launching something called life groups, which are going to be small groups of six to eight people who meet regularly to share life together. Whereas uh, our growth groups had this emphasis on uh, spiritual growth and reading of the Bible, our primary role of life groups is just going to be family together, sharing life together, eating together, praying together, and encouraging one another in their walk with Jesus. They are going to be places of discipleship. They are going to be places of mission, but they're primarily going to be places where we can be family. Then as we, uh, as we become family, we will grow together as we learn to follow Jesus. And then as family, we will go on mission. We will intentionally look for ways to introduce people to our church family and to Jesus. And we're going to be sharing more in the next couple of weeks. And you can, if you're eager to know more, you can visit notdull.org forward slash gathering. Uh, so forward slash gathering for more information to sign up for those groups. But today I just wanted to look, as we have talked about being family, I wanted to look at why meals are so central to Jesus and to the early church. Why does, for example, Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 challenge the church when their meals become dysfunctional? Why are meals so central to what God is going to do for us as a church family in this next season? Well, firstly, meals bring us together. There is something about eating together which brings closeness. It's very easy to uh, remain at a distance from someone on a Sunday gathering. It's sometimes even easy to remain distant from someone at a growth group if you're far enough away in a circle from them. But when we eat together, we get the chance to truly know one another. It's a place where we share the events of the day, the exciting and the mundane. It's the place where we share our hopes and our dreams and our fears. Meals bring us together. Secondly, meals show what or who we value. We live busy lives. 
We immediately wake up and turn our phones on and we're inundated with the chaos of the world. We can run from one engagement to another without giving space to truly be present with God and with each other. We live with that next day off in mind or that next holiday when we can recover from the burnout that we are feeling. And then in church life, often our response to stuff is we are too busy. So when I ask you, okay, in this next season, we're going to eat together more. For some of you, your response will be, I just don't have time. Meals slow things down. And some of us don't like that because we are task orientated. We like to get things done. But when we slow down to enjoy the company of others, then we show that we value them and that they are our priority. When we choose not to come up with a last-minute excuse because we filled up our diary too much, when we choose to turn off our phone so we're not distracted, when we choose not to find the first moment to leave, then we show that we love and we value those at the table with us. And in moments like that, I believe we will encounter God together. Meals show what we value. Thirdly, meals demonstrate the desire to be known. Doing life together creates a vulnerability. Being on the edge of church where your name is known but you are not truly known can be really tempting at times, especially if you've been hurt in the past or you fear being hurt. The church is made up of uh, imperfect beings like you and I. At times we're going to get it wrong. At times we're going to hurt one another. But fear of further hurt can stop us dealing with the issues and it stops us experiencing the fullness of family. However, meals demonstrate a desire to be known. We open ourselves up. We get, they get to see us. But in that, we find the chance to be known, accepted, and loved. And sometimes we try and demonstrate hospitality, but it's really entertaining. We invite others, but we spend the whole uh, day before tidying the house. We get out our best knives and forks. We cook our best meal. Now, there's nothing wrong with making an effort with people. But if that's all we ever do, then that's not hospitality. Family is about taking us as we are. Welcome to my home. Take me as you find me. When that person turns up when your toddler is in the middle of a tantrum. When you've just, someone turns up just after you've received that call from a doctor with bad news. When you have had the worst day at work. In those moments, we find family who will lift us up, encourage us, support us, and help us through even the darkest moments. Fourthly, meals create unity. The great thing about the church is it is a diverse people. Just look around you. You can look around, that's fine. You look around, there is diversity amongst us. Galatians 3.28 tells us there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I want to be honest and say that if it wasn't for the church, I wouldn't know the majority of you. I met my wife here. The majority of the people over there I wouldn't have known if it wasn't for the church. But the majority of us, we wouldn't be in this place where we know one another, yet we are joined together as family. No other place demonstrates such diversity yet calls for such unity. As humans, we like to spend time with people who are like 
us. But the kingdom of God reorders and reshapes social structures. Jesus does this throughout his time on earth as he chooses to spend his time with those who are outcast and the marginalized. The church should be a place where they see the diversity on offer, they see our love for one another, and through that they see what the kingdom of God is like. And this is more than just including people. More than just having people who look different from us. It's more than just having flags on the wall which say, aren't we great, we've got people from other countries. But this is truly belonging and truly being united. It is said, uh, diversity is having a seat at the table, inclusion is having a voice, and belonging is having that voice heard. That's Liz Fossian and Molly West Duffy. They say this, diversity is having a seat at the table, inclusion is having a voice, and belonging is having that voice heard. Unity calls us to create space where people can truly belong and where they know their voice is heard, it's valued, and it's vital. And fifthly and finally, meals become a place for forgiveness and reconciliation. Unresolved conflict cannot be ignored when we gather around the table. Our presumptions and our prejudice get challenged. Our pride that judges others gets exposed. We see them as brothers and sisters, dearly loved by Christ. We allow our brokenness to be seen by them, and we experience and enjoy the grace of God together. This is not an idealized community where we come with our desires and our demands, but instead we enter the lives of each other, finding and accepting them as they are and experiencing grace together. Jesus in John 13, 35 says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. We believe that as a church we have a message of hope that we carry the kingdom into every place we go, that following Jesus is about taking the kingdom into the ordinary moments of life. And as we do that life together, as we are marked out by this sense of family and our love for one another, then we get to introduce people to the person of Jesus. The person of Jesus who came and he lived a life where he truly got to know people. And despite being rejected by the very people that he loved, he never stopped in his pursuit of them, even though it took him to the cross and meant that he had to die in our place. That because of his death and his resurrection, we are now welcomed into that family. We have a home and we get the chance to invite others to experience that home as well. Over the next two weeks, we're going to look at how meals create a place for discipleship and then how meals create a place for mission. But today, let me invite you to be part of that family. With all its flaws and with all its beauty. With all its failure, but with all its potential. With all of who we are experiencing all of who God is. As family, let's make Jesus known together in this next season. If you're able, would you stand with me? Father, we thank you that we have been chosen by you, added into your family. We didn't deserve it, but it is your grace on us. And Lord, I pray that for those in this room today who don't know you, 
that you would come, even as in this moment and as we worship, you would come and reveal yourself to them. Invite them into this family. And Lord, we pray for those who are with us as guests and maybe even next week we'll be back into their home church. Lord, I pray that they would be challenged and encouraged about what it is for them to live out being family in their own church next week and going forward. Lord, that you would be speaking to them about what their responsibilities are. You would be, again, revealing your beauty of your church to them, giving them energy to serve in this next season, giving them energy to be part, fully invest into a family in this next season. And Lord, we pray for those of us who are here as part of Jubilee. Lord, we pray you would come and unite us. Even as we sing together, would you unite us ahead of this new season? Where we have been maybe put afraid to fully get involved because of fear of getting hurt, would you give us boldness and courage to step out? Where we've been tired, would you give us energy to go again? Where we have maybe forgotten about the beauty of your church or made it about attending a weekly meeting rather than being part of a family, I pray even in these coming days, you would give us a chance to demonstrate this unity, the beauty of your family to one another. Would you unite us supernaturally, even as we sing now in Jesus' name? Amen.